welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics that are relevant to women today. We'd love to continue the conversation with you and support you on your life's journey. Just join us in our community. Search Facebook for The Inspired Women Community and request to join. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. All right, guys. Hey, I'm here with my friend Stacy. Stacy and I both belong to the Millspo Project, and that's how we met. And I learned a little bit about Stacy's background. I'm like, Stacy, I need you on this podcast. And I chased her around for like six months to get on the podcast. But Stacy is a workout home mom that served 15 years in the Air Force as a weather observer slash forecaster. Um, her husband is active duty Navy, and they have two daughters. And her, or, and she has a home-based business with Pampered Chef, and also works for the nonprofit Corporate America Supports You, and Military Spouse Corporate Career Network. Stacy volunteers with many local groups to include Disabled vet, American Vets Chapter Six, Navy Wives Club of America, Peninsula Norfolk Number Ninety One, Reefs Across America, and whatever else she may, wherever else she may be needed. So, Stacy, that's wow. You have a huge heart to be volunteering with all those things and running a business and raising a family. I'm just like, <laughs> no. Uh, my husband's command asked me asked me to be part of their FRG because they want to start it back up again. I'm like, I don't effing think so. Not happening. <laughs> Like, do you know what I need to know? I can't handle that. So I bless you. I love you. I don't, I don't mean that like, bless your heart in the Southern way. Like I'm trying to insult you. I mean that like in a no, sincere way. <laughs> it's crazy. My friend Aaron, who you know, tells me all the time, Stacy, you have to learn to say no. You're, you're killing yourself. I'm like, I know, but I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So I asked Daisy be on the podcast and as I wanted to talk to her about her time in the military because I feel like we don't get enough women in the military talking about out about their experience. It's a it's a man's world, okay? Like it's like there's no joke about that. Even now that the military is becoming more progressive and more and more women are joining it it's still a man's world. And so that's why I wanted to talk to you. So Stacey, could you share a little bit with us about your military career? I mean, how, you know, what did you do? Uh, how long were you in? Different stuff like that. Okay. Well, I joined right out of high school. I started in 94. I actually joined the year prior to getting out of high school in between my junior and senior year in high school. I did the delayed enlistment program which is great. I grew up my entire life listening to my dad talk about the Air Force. He was in for seven years. So if there was any service I was going to join, it better be the Air Force if I wanted to keep my dad's love, apparently. <laughs> uh, or not get mocked as much. Um, so I joined the Air Force. I went to basic training in Texas, um, was injured pretty much right away, which kind of is a huge. A lot of people don't understand injuries in the military are, are big deals. Um, you try to brush them off as much as possible, especially in basic, because you do not want to go to like the med area. You want to stay, finish training. It's only Air Force is only six weeks. I know the other services make fun of it. It is <laughs> weeks. I realize that it's not that tough. I get that, but I was never the type of physical fitness type person, so it was a little tougher for me. I had no problem with the conforming and listening to orders and things like that. I thrived on the routine. So then I went to observing school, and that's at Keesler Air Force Base, Mississippi. 
had a great time, enjoyed it, learned all about this weather observing part. Went to my first duty station at Luke Air Force Base and enjoyed it. Spent in Scottsdale, Arizona was my home and Luke was in Phoenix. So it was kind of nice to go back. I love the heat. I was born in Phoenix. So I am one of those people that thrives in their desert heat. Uh, spent my five, six years there, deployed a couple times. I deployed three times out of there. And then I went to forecasting school where I met my husband because it's a joint DOD school. So it's the Navy, Marines, and the Air Force all go to, and Coast Guard all go to school there for forecasters. And uh, yeah, he went to Hawaii. I went to New Mexico and uh, we had a long distance relationship and finally got our orders together after we got married. I went to Korea. I spent our first year of marriage in Korea. Finally got stationed in Hawaii with him and then we came to Virginia 10 years ago now and we've been here ever since and then i got out in 2009 yes and uh really started just enjoying the civilian dependent life <laughs> are you being sarcastic there a little bit i mean <laughs> it was always tough um it's tough to remember you know a lot of people don't think of females as veterans I get the looks. I parked at Harris Teeter, the veteran parking one time, and I got looks. Never got nasty notes like you see people post on Facebook. Nothing like that. But, you know, I go to the VA hospital at times, and they look like, oh, yeah, there are females that were in the military. It's kind of that, you know, it kind of still shocks people, which is strange. But we, there's still not a huge percentage of females in the military. No, there's not. And my husband's in the submarine force. so there's Right, like definitely not. No, well, I mean, they're starting to introduce them. So it's like maybe right. like 0.05%. <laughs> like in weather career field has one of the higher ratios of females. So there was more females around, but I worked uh, with weather. You do army support. So I worked with a lot of, I worked half my career with the army support section. So seven of my 15 years, I worked with the army and there's just not a lot of females in those type of units that I worked around. Well, I always think of pe women in the Air Force as badasses. So, Stacey, you're a badass in my mind. <laughs> I just, I do. Like, I couldn't, I, being on the military spouse side of things, I couldn't imagine doing what uh, I've seen people in the military have to go through. You know, you're missing holidays. You're having to be away from your family. You're having to make sacrifices that a lot of people can't even imagine in their entire lives making. So, I give you complete props. So what made you decide to get out of the Air Force after serving 15 years? Because 15, you know, that's like five years away from retirement. It wasn't all my decision. Um, I was injured. I'd had, um, I got injured in Hawaii. Uh, I had an ankle injury, and that is one of the huge issues with injuries. Um, a lot of times people tease, like everyone talks about dependent health care and stuff like that. I find my care as a dependent is much better than it ever was active duty. Wow. Um, because when you're active duty, they always think you're injured, but you're faking it to get out of something. And with the unit I was with, it was a unit that was highly deployable. It was a big army support unit. It was in, I was out in the field doing army preparations and stuff like that, you know, land nav and things like that. And here I am an air force girl and I bust my ankle out in the field and no one believes that I'm truly injured, you know? I have to keep going to the doctor. And I had a doctor actually tell me, I'm like, it hurts when I put my foot in this position. He's like, well, don't do that. I'm like, 
Thanks. Thanks for that. Okay. So it was really tough. Like I get much better care since I got out because they don't, they realize I'm not going to waste my time as a dependent going to medical appointments and things like that. So I was truly injured, but it took them a year to find my injury. And at that time I missed a deployment with my unit. They were not happy. I'm like, I'm injured. So we got here still air force was picking up their PT test or running. I, my ankle was injured. I have no cartilage in my ankle. So I decided this running thing was not for me. I was killing myself trying to do the bike test still for the air force. And it was just killing me. I had our first daughter in this time frame, and they were going to deploy me again. And I love deployments. I truly did. But my husband was still out to sea and I'm like, I need two weeks. And they're like, no, I'm like, all right. So they're like, you know, pass this next PT test and you can stay in. And I'm like, do I really want to? It was one of those decisions. I was always being looked down upon because of my injuries and things like that. So I decided, you know what, I'm done. I, I'm going to give this up. I just can't do this. I'd already missed my daughter's first teeth coming in. I'd missed her going up the stairs. You know, it was heartbreaking. And so I decided I'm just going to get out and stay home. I still have all the benefits. I'll be a military spouse. So I'll enjoy the life. But it was really hard to give that up. It was my life. It was my identity. It was to be Air Force person. And was it, so it was, you said it was hard for you to give it up, which I completely understand. I mean, that, I mean, that is part of your being. My husband's like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to do for you, man. Like you're going to have to grow up in like seven right. years. So, um, but do you find it even more difficult to be in the military spouse realm? Like, yes, that you were in the military. And now you have to be a military spouse. Yes. I don't get involved in a lot of the military spouse pages and things like that. And I don't want to offend anyone. I really don't. Oh no, this is open. Say what you got to say. <laughs> but some of the things I hear these military spouses saying, I'm like, it's not like that, you know, or, you know, they catch their husband doing something. They want to go immediately to his command. It's like, no don't destroy everything because you caught your husband doing something that you don't agree with. You know, it's not just affecting him. You're affecting your entire life. If you go and rat out your husband for something either stupid or serious, you know, you're affecting his career and that in turn is going to affect your life. You may not realize it or these spouses say, Oh, well, I didn't know he did this or, they're just, they can be so mean to each other about things. And you're like, really? You know, I know a lot of sub wives that um, wouldn't talk to other wives because they weren't part of the sub wife community. I'm like, are you serious? I mean, aren't we all going through this crazy life together? And I mean, I'll admit, I didn't really like hanging out with military spouses when I was active duty, but they just didn't understand or they, or they didn't want to hang out with me because they thought I was, might be sleeping with their husband. You know, they, it was always that mentality. Like they didn't trust me as a female in the military. I was always looking for a husband or someone to sleep with. You are the, <laughs> I believe it was a article I read actually that was shared on a military spouse, um, Facebook page that was talking about an air force wife or yeah. that literally said, I don't know how I can be friends with you because I think you're sleeping with my spouse. Like just cause she <laughs> has a vagina. Yeah. 
I mean, and I, because I would go hang out with the guys after work, you know, I must be sleeping with them. And it's just a huge misconception that the females are sleeping with the guys they're hanging out with. Sometimes when you're deployed, there is no other people to hang out with other than your coworkers. And at the time, a lot of them are males. There's just no one. And you trust these people because they do become your buddies at work. They're your battle buddies. And then being a male helps. And let's face it, men are going to protect you a lot sooner in a bar than a female is. I've been at where guys are getting too rowdy around me at a bar and my male friends will make sure to protect me before a female friend. I mean, I've met some wonderful females in the military and I mean, they have the ones that I have have been there for me, but I would trust, you know, they, the guy is going to stand up for you and he's going to realize, no, you're not going with this person. You know, they're not going to let you go off with someone. And this is why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I wanted a real like conversation about because not only have you been in the military, but now you're in the military spouse side and you're saying some things that those of us who have never been in the military, we just think it's normal. Like it's right. normal to, you know, say something about our spouse or bitch about this thing or do whatever. And instead we're not seeing it from our our military point of view. Mm-hmm. Where, like maybe you need to like slow your roll a bit. Right. Maybe not be mad at your husband because he hasn't been able to call you in two months because he's so freaking busy on deployment. Right. That's why. Oh, but so-and-so's spouse got to hear from so their husband. Well, their husband might do something completely different than your husband does. <laughs> I've, I've suffered that fate where I sat there and I'm like, you get calls from your husband while I was out on the ship. And I'll call my husband. I'll ask my husband like, how come this person can call? And they're like, well, he works in a different office. You know, he works in an office that has a phone. I can't just pick up a phone and call you. I'm like, okay. You my know, husband, so it works. My husband's like the very last person to come off the ship because of what he does. So right. it's like, yeah, I'm not spouse, but I'm just like, do, 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 do. <laughs> I'm like, why do I never get a flower? He's like, because they're expensive. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I get it. He goes, I'd rather go buy you a good one afterwards. I'm like, okay. But so do you find that you have a harder time making friends with females because of your time in the military? I always did anyway, just how I grew up. But yes, I, I, uh, I'm getting, I'm getting much better at it. Like I have very close female friends now that I never would have had before. Um, so I do think my time in the military gave me some life skills to be able to make female friends. Um, I'm a very trusting person to a point, but once, once I'm done with you, I'm done. But I have no, I don't discount all the female friends that I'm not like, well, this girl made me mad. So forget all females, you know? Yeah. I just read an article about your Zodiac sign and how you're, you make friends and I'm a Gemini. And so it's like Gemini's, they're really good at like making friends and they'll get really close to you. But if you burn them once, you're done. And I was yep. like, that's kind of like me. And I have to be really conscious about it because oh, yeah. a lot of times I, I have a hard time. Like it, seriously, you, you couldn't have told me that you couldn't do this thing and you just want to be a dickhead about it. Like right. <laughs> I can't wrap my mind around it, but then I have to realize other people are different than I am and they don't work the same way and try oh. to push myself a little bit. <laughs> so. I read a good quote and it's one I go back to is, you when you give to others you expect them to give the same to you and they just won't you can't always 
people aren't always going to do what you do. Yeah. Like that's, that's good to think about because all right. Yes. I would give you my shirt. You may not. So I get that. You're just different. Yeah. I'm just a little, I'm just a little different. It's okay. Right. <laughs> so now that you are a military spouse and you're a, a female veteran, you talk to us about a lot of people don't take it seriously that you're a veteran. Um, do you get discriminated upon because you're a female veteran? I don't think so. I haven't really felt it. Um, I think the military and um, the VA hospital, the VA hospitals are doing a lot more, especially to help with women health issues. They realize that there's huge women health issues that men aren't going to experience. They're not going to see there's traumas that females are going to experience that the men are going to experience differently. And they're working really hard to focus on those, um, which I appreciate, you know, there's, there's lots of things out there for female veterans that weren't there when I first got out. Yeah. I'm pretty proud about how progressive our military continues to work at being. I'm not saying like it's, it's to where the point where right. we'd all like to see it, but it seems like every year the military works more towards being a progressive military and being more open to different kinds of people serving the military, not just white Right. <laughs> they do try. I mean, militaries always seem to be, because you have so many different people. I feel like the military has always been kind of the test bed for any kind of social change. Yes. Yes. Very much so. So you didn't, you don't see much discrimination now that you're out of the military, but did you see it when you were in the military because you're a female in the military? Not so much discrimination. I mean, everyone gets paid the same. Yeah. Um, harassment is still a huge issue and most people don't believe it. And it's, it's really a fine line, a kind of a double-edged swords with the harassment because on one hand you want to say something if you are harassed, but on another, you don't want to be treated differently. And a lot of males in the military don't understand that if I say something, it doesn't just affect the guy I say it about. It affects my career. It affects me. Very early on in my career, I had a harassment issue. Never said anything. And, um, you know, I was talking to a commander later on, a couple years later out on deployment, and I told him what happened. He's like, why didn't you say something? I'm like, because we had the kind of office situation that wasn't meant – it." It wasn't a conducive environment. It was conducive for harassment. Everyone was probably a little guilty of it, myself included. I didn't stop it. I played along like you do. It's it's a it was a good old boys club at the time and you did that. You played along, you made the jokes. I had no problem with jokes and stuff like that and some of the funny stuff, but when it came right down to it and I was straight up harassed and you're like, well, what can I do? I'm kind of guilty of the situation. I don't want this fall on my, in my record. I like having a comfortable work environment where people don't walk on eggshells with me. And if I say something, it's going to be in my record that I had this sexual harassment. You can tell me all day long that it's not going to go in my record, but someone's going to talk. It's going to be out there and it's going to be known. And I don't want my rest of my career, which I was planning on a 20 year career. I don't want the rest of my career to where people feel like they can't say anything in front of me. You know, they can't say the word sex in front of me because I might get insulted or I might, you know, go to sexual harassment people. And 
you know? So it was, it was a huge double-edged sword and I feel like it still is. And there's females out there that aren't harassed and then they go and say stuff. And like, there was another girl in my office, she decided to go to harassment and it was all because our boss was saying her name wrong because she didn't like him. And in reality, he wasn't saying her name wrong. She decided to change the, how you pronounced her name. He wasn't really harassing her in my opinion, but she decided she didn't like him. So she decided to go file a complaint. It was, she made it harder for any female to go file a true complaint because you're looking at hers and you're like, really, that's what you're complaining about. I think that's how it is in the civilian world too. Mm -hmm. Because you have those women who will yell rape and they weren't raped. Um, but they just didn't like the guy, the guy broke up with her, right. um, whatever. Uh, and then the next person that yells rape and they've actually been raped, it makes it harder because then, you know, people might not take them seriously. And right. so I think that's a little bit of the same way in the military when it comes to harassment, like where's, where's the line, you know, right. where is the line? It's so blurred to know, like, what is appropriate? What is not, it's not appropriate to tape your female coworkers in the shower, um, right. But is it appropriate to say a joke that might be not completely like this is a funny joke? It might be like, you know, an off color joke, I guess. That right. Word for it. Um, yeah. Is that completely harassment? You know, like there's that blurry area where you don't know. Um, and I, I think this is part of what my husband was saying about emails being introduced to the submarine fleet is because it is right. It is, they're so used to having their jokes and having their way of doing right. things that like now you're I- introducing, um, females into an all male environment. Yes, there is parts where that is crossing the line, but are they still allowed to say their jokes or are they not allowed to say their jokes? Like who, it depends on the woman, I guess. Is that how right. you see it? Does it? Depend on the woman, because if I don't find it offensive, but the girl next to me finds it offensive, it is harassment. But it's got to be one of those environments where it's allowed for her, the one that does find a defense, to be like, I don't like that word. I don't like you saying that. Please don't talk like that in front of me. I mean, and it happens to males too. Men get, I mean, they're not supposed to complain, but we had a extremely religious gentleman in my command in, in, that I worked with, and he didn't like cussing at all. And so to him, if you cause that is a hostile work environment, he would tell you, please, I don't appreciate that. I don't like that. He would get made fun of. And that is harassment. I mean, it still happens to men. It happens to females because it what he found it offensive. It wasn't right. And that's all there is to it. But I think it needs to be not so much black or white. It needs to be, she told you it's offensive. Don't say that in front of her. Like, all right. Or, you know, there's certain words I do not like, you know, you can say almost anything in front of me. You can cuss in front of me. You can drop the F-bombs. You can drop pretty much. There's just a few certain words that I'm like, no, I don't like that word. I'm the same way. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I don't like that word. You can be a female saying that word to me. or You can be a male saying that word to me. I don't like that word. There's also a point though, where it depends who it comes from, you know, if I had one guy at work that made the same joke that asked me for the same thing that my commander did, it probably would have come across not quite so harassment, but he was my commander. He's not supposed to ask me for a BJ in the office kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And because, that's like, and you, and you know, it's wrong, you know? And if the other guy that I worked with, that's the same rank as me, he goes, Hey, let's go do this. You'd be almost like, whatever, funny, ha. Huh? 
you yeah. know, it, it is, it is a perception thing. It's, it is who says it to you. It is how I take it and things like that. But I think um, what I get gathered from what you're saying is as a woman or a man, I mean, there might be men listening, but uh, men in the military get harassed and even sexually harassed and stuff like that is um, stating this is not appropriate. Like, right. this offends me. Um, can we right. can you not say this to me versus just, you know, like you said, if you never say anything in the first place, then where do they know to that's crossing the line? Right. Like the woman with her name, right. <laughs> you know, like, uh, did you tell him that this is how you write the name and you feel like he's harassing you because he's not pronouncing it right? Like, you know, he probably had no idea. Like, he didn't. He was just being a boss. And when she showed up at the command, she told us to pronounce it the one way. Then all of a sudden she decided, I'm going to pronounce it this new way. All of us are going to make the same mistake, by the way. All of us. Because, hello, you introduced yourself as this. This is how we know you. And now all of a sudden you're changing the pronunciation. Yeah. I think as, as people, as a whole, and as women, we need to take ownership for our own actions and our own yeah. words, you know, like stand up for ourselves and say like, Hey, this is not okay. Like this right. is crossing the line because the, like we said, the line is different for everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's okay for me to I, like, if you see the F bomb around me, I'm excited because yeah. like, I love the F bomb, but I literally made a video on my Facebook what was it like six, seven, maybe a year ago. I don't know. It was a while ago. And I literally, it literally had the F word in the title of the, the live video. And I had one woman that was like, that's very offensive to me. And I'm like, you didn't even listen to the video because don't I, watch, like, don't watch it. Um, but you know, that to her was offensive and then other people were commenting, Oh my God, I love this video. This is the best right. thing ever. <laughs> so, you know, there, there is that, that fine line that, I guess as people, we need to really just state like this makes me uncomfortable. This is inappropriate. I don't feel right. comfortable with this conversation or whatever it might be. And it's just sad that, that you, because there are people that cry wolf, that you couldn't mm. feel comfortable coming forward when it really was like, it wasn't even a blacker. It was like, this no. is clearly inappropriate. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he knew it was inappropriate because he called me like three times afterwards and be like oh I was just kidding around I'm so sorry I'm like yeah whatever <laughs> you know you're in the wrong you're just a CYA in it now yeah you're just a little worried that you might uh get in trouble for being right. inappropriate and I feel like sometimes people in a, a power position feel like they can get away with it because you know like haha I'm in charge of you like you right know, I can be like this if I want to so I mean yeah. That's just, that's just amazing. But you clearly, despite like some of those issues that came up, you really loved what you did. Oh, I did. I, I feel everyone should try it. If I also feel like I have a wonderful friend that I met in the military, she did her four years. She did it honorably. She got out. She's like, this is not for me. I do not like being told what to do all the time. She got out. She did her time. She did her four years. She did it honorably. She got what she needed out of it and she got out. And I can completely respect that. You know, I respect anyone that tries the military service and realizes it's not for them. I don't respect the people that stay in just because they have nothing else to do and they do it horribly. I, res you know, I can respect you when you serve honorably, get out and stuff. But when you just keep serving and you're not doing it with honor and you're just a dirtbag about it, you're like, just get out. You don't like this. This isn't for you. Why do you keep doing this? They're like a barnacle. 
Uh, and it just makes, and then they're the ones that make everyone else look bad in the military. They're, they're the dirt bags. And you're like, you really make us look bad. Yes. And I feel like sometimes why females in the military don't get the proper respect that they deserve is that there's other females in the military that too do stuff that make them look bad. That steal other people's husbands or, you know. That, I mean, are, at, that are in the military to find a husband or to sleep yeah. with everyone. And I mean, there's going to be some, but there's some in the population of society, no matter whether you're civilian or military. I think it just gets highlighted on because it's military. And it's like, really? I think that's everything with the military, though. Yeah. Like, you seriously, around here, because we live in such a big Navy area, if you read an article about somebody getting busted with drugs, they will tell you if they're in the military. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, but you wouldn't say, this is uh, so-and-so, and he works at McDonald's, and we just bust no, drugs. No, like, heard that. <laughs> it just no. baffles me. And I get it. I mean, it's a little ecosystem the military is, and it's, I get it. But, you know, if anything bad happens, they have to, you know, say all sorts of descriptors that don't need to be said. It could just be, John Smith did this. It doesn't have to be, oh, maybe John Smith did this, and he's stationed at Little Creek kind of thing, you know? I hope there's no John Smith at Little Creek, by the way. <laughs> sorry, John Smith, we didn't for your right. problem. Sorry, but no, I mean, it's just, it's the thing, like, and ev- the media decides to, and nothing against media, but the media decides to emphasize certain portions of it that don't need to be emphasized. And you're like, really? Could you make it harder? I completely agree. So how is your transition? How many years have you been out of the, the military now? Uh, let's see, 2009. So eight years. How has your transition been in the last eight years? Oof, hard, very hard, especially the first couple years. And I still have issues, especially with medical. Medical is the biggest, ugh, my, if there's any female veterans that get out and you're a military spouse, ugh, just good luck with that, becoming independent. And I'm sure males, if they become a male dependent and things are going to have the same issues, but First of all, there is no talk between the DOD medical care and the VA medical care. What you turn into your records, and if you still go through like TRICARE, TRICARE doesn't talk to the VA right away unless you say, oh, yes, you may pull on my records. So like to the VA, my second child has never been born because she's in, my de- she's in my dependent records. She isn't in my military records. My first child was born while I was active duty, so she's in my records. My second child child there's no record of her in the VA records because she wasn't born she was born at TRICARE while I was a dependent and I have not put those records over because I was silly and didn't realize hey these two don't talk to each other without you saying so I have to go back and get like five or six years of records and put those into my VA records so that this all ties together but you don't realize these little nuances you need to do You would think it's military that they just all coordinate, right? You would think. You would think that they could look it up on their little computer and be like, oh, look at this. But no, I have to go and take the records. Yeah. Current stuff now correlates because I've said, yes, share these two records with each other. But yeah, it's crazy. And I still have times where something will get messed up in the system and they're like, oh, here's your active duty record. I'm like, at TRICARE, I'm like, um, no. (laughs) 
he's, where's my dependent? And I even had a medication that showed up right before I got out that said, oh, here, you got your refill for your EpiPen. I'm like, um, I haven't had an EpiPen in eight years. No, no. <laughs> then you're like, what was compromised? Or they'll go back to my name before I got married. I'm like, I've been married 15 years. How can you not have this? Right. Wow. Well, we, we changed, we six, we reset a system. And I'm like, and it reset to what, 1990? What? Oh my gosh. That's it's, so stressful. It's crazy. It is. And I remember when I first got out, I found out I was pregnant. Like pretty much right after I got out, I found out I was pregnant. I could not go get my blood test done through tri. Like it took forever. It took days for me to be able to get a confirmed pregnancy test. They actually put my husband in for a pregnancy test. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's going to come out negative. <laughs> but because everything was all messed up with my records as between dependent and, you know, and you're emotional, you're, pre you're pregnant, but no, you can't go get proof and start getting your medical care. I'm like, just give me a test. <laughs> just let me pee on a stick. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was crazy. It was the hardest part. And still to this day, I'd say medical is probably still the hardest transition. Still love our medical care. I still don't pay nearly as much as civilian counterparts do. I'm very blessed and thankful. When I hear my friends, my civilian friends talking about how much they pay for medical, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. So I am thankful for the military and the military care. It's not the greatest, but you know what? Nothing is. You're going to have these issues on the outside too. I'll tell you that uh, medical is one of the biggest reasons, not, not the biggest reason, but one of the biggest reasons my, my husband decided to like, at that point where it's like you stay in and you retire and you get out and you get out. Um, and, and medical, we have six people in our family. Like yeah. he, he was like, I really enjoy what I do, but would it be better on the outside? And like, we, you know, weighed all the pros and cons and like one of the deciding factors, not the one, but one of them was medical because like, right. you're right. We would pay way more <laughs> outside the military. I so, haven't paid money for my babies. And I know people pay a lot of money to have babies in the hospital. So. <laughs> I had C-sections with all my babies and my yeah. last babies were twins and they were premature. Um, we saw the cost of having those babies. We didn't have to pay for it. We saw right. the cost of having those babies and having them in the NICU for the next, uh, for like two weeks. It costs more than my house. Right. Um, I could probably buy two houses for the amount, yeah. you know, it's insane. Um, so we're getting ready to wrap up the podcast. Is wow. there one thing that I know it goes by so quick. Is there one thing that you really enjoy about being a military spouse? I don't want anybody to think that like being a military spouse sucks. It's actually, it can be really great if you find the right people to be, surround yourself with. Um, you know what? That's exactly it. Finding the right people to surround yourself with. I have made some amazing friends and um, we're probably due to leave Virginia here in a couple, in about a year or so. And it is breaking my heart. We have been here for 10 years. I have amazing friendships that through the military or anything like that, um, just having friends that came from my military career, my husband's military career, they're all over the country. And it's just, you make those people and you build your friendships up. And I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. I mean, I, I do love, 
love being a military spouse. It's, it's not easy, but it is something I love. And let's face it. I get a break from my husband occasionally, you know, we get, he gets paid vacation. I call it his, my paid vacation. He's gone. And I get a little, you know, a little break, love him to death, but sometimes you just need to miss each other a bit. But no, and I wouldn't give it up. And I have an amazing job that I love with Casey and MSCCN and Pampered Chef. And I get to meet so many people. And it is an honor to be a military spouse. I don't think people realize what an honor it is um, to be a veteran, a military spouse, to be with someone that serves every day. You know, it's, it's not easy. They deal with so much. And I truly love our country and... I've been to other places and we do have the best country. We do have the best military. Yes. I'm biased, but <laughs> we do have the best here. I, I look at other places that I've been and I'm like, you, you can get away with half of what we say in other countries that we say here. It truly is land of the free. I mean, people may think whatever political the situation is, it's not, but we really are blessed to live in the United States and to be able to serve in the U.S. military. I mean, and it's an, it's a choice. It isn't said, it, you aren't told you have to, you know, I do feel like everyone should serve in some capacity to their country. It doesn't have to be the military, but I do feel you need to serve or you need to travel and see what other countries are like and realize you, you need to enjoy this honor that you have here. My husband said the same thing. He said, I think like in some capacity, whether you're an EMT or police officer or military or in some way helping to give back to your country that right. you do that. And I was like, that's, that's a really interesting thing. Cause you know, you really can't see that side of things unless you've experienced it. You know, everybody lives in their bubble. And as right. much as I would like to say being a military spouse, I could tell you what it's like to be in the military. I don't like, like I, my bills are paid and I get to stay home with my kids and right. you know, run a business and do what I want. And my husband's having to go to work every day and sometimes being gone for months and months and months at a time away from his family. So I have no idea what it's like to be in the military. I just know what it's like to be a spouse and you have a unique perspective because you have been both like that you can understand <clears throat> and empathize with your spouse because you know, you've been there. Um, but right. also now understand what it's like to be in the spouse realm. And when the guys get a little hot, under the collar, like my wife did this, or, you know, my husband did this. You'd be like, okay, let me break it down for you. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I think sometimes I tell the spouses, maybe they don't like me when I do that. I'm like, you know, you got to give him a break. You know, he's stressed. He just came home from a deployment. It's not easy to fit back into life. And it's not easy to fit him back into your life, mm -hmm. you know? at times it's it's hard to get that person to get that routine like i'm a huge routine person and him coming and going and changing the routine just kills me i'm like yes i know this so is much. not i let the kids eat on the couch you don't okay and it's one of those things like all right, kids, remember daddy's home. Don't eat on the couch. <laughs> and then you want to yell and be like, but you thank God. And then you got to check yourself and be like, oh, but I remember what it was like when I was gone. Right. Uh, and when he's gone and you're like, man, he does do a lot around here. I'm doing it all by myself. And it really appreciates you. You really learn to appreciate your spouse and, you know, what they do. And you're like, man, 
I appreciate what he does. And that's why I think sometimes it's good when he goes away for a little bit. I'm like, huh, who else is going to do these, put these dishes away? Oh, it's me. (laughs) I said, next time I need a nanny and I need a house cleaner because like, I could not do this again. Like, like it was just so much to like when he was gone that I had to do all of the things. And I really, I take it for granted when he's around and think like, I already do all of the things, but I don't do all of the things. Like taking out the trash, putting the trash out at the street. I'm like, no, that's your job. You're home. I don't do that when you're home. <laughs> so if, uh, Stacey, if there's one thing that you could leave our audience with about being a part of the military life, what would you want them to know? Just go with, you got to learn to go with the flow. I'm not a spontaneous person. I'm a very big planner. And, just realize it's going to change. I mean, everything's going to change. You got to be able to go with the flow a bit and just relax a bit. Don't get too high strung about it. Don't let things get to you so much. And I'm the worst one at following this advice at times, but you just kind of got to go with it and realize you're with a person that's serving in the military and it's not always their fault that something changes. I mean, they can't help it. They go where they're needed. And just cut them a break about it. I mean, let them have their stuff. Let them go out and play golf because they need that to decompress. And just remember, you get your time too. And my husband is wonderful about making sure I get my time. And he gets his, I hope. I hope he feels he does. So, I mean, just just go with the – got to learn to flow with it a little bit more and not get so caught up in the minutiae. I agree. I used to get so pissed because my husband, he comes home and he gets on his computer and he plays Minecraft and he watches Minecraft videos. I can't wrap my mind around this, but I've recently tried to be more uh, like understanding and and, like converse with him about it because it's his interest. I don't know. Um, But I used to get pissed and be like, why are you sitting on your computer all all day? And then I realized he is working like shit ton of hours every week right. and of course I need to like back off a little bit and allow him to have his free time he never tells me that I can't like go out with my girlfriends or do my business stuff he's very understanding so I have to be too and like I said I've been trying to have conversations with him and ask him real questions about Minecraft not how do I do this because I have no interest in that but <laughs> like what is this guy talking about? Like, what is that thing? You know, when he's right. watching his videos. Um, but Stacy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so happy thank you. you came on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was interesting to realize the stuff in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice to put it out there in the world. Right. And I apologize to anyone I may have offended because, you know, everyone gets offended by something nowadays. So. I think we all do, yeah, right? Like, I'm pretty <laughs> right. sure this last week everybody was offended by something like... <laughs> oh, geez, just, just relax a little, you know? Go with the flow in everything of life. And I'm the least likely to do that, but you, got, you can't let everything bother you so much. It's stressful, so... Like Elsa says, just let it go. Just let it go. Just, you know, calm down a bit. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspire Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspire Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.